The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. How's it going, guys? This is Cameron Fry with His Girl Friday. Hope you're doing well, that you're staying safe, healthy, quarantined, wherever you may be. Praying God's hedge of protection and health and abundance over your life, over your household. It's been a weird month, a Stephen King-type month, or year for that matter, especially here in Nashville. We had the tornadoes on March 3rd, a lot of disaster relief. In the aftermath, a lot of power being restored uh, in the days and weeks after, and then this coronavirus thing really kicks into full swing, and I feel... I think a lot of us feel paralyzed, uh, not to mention just apprehensive. So what do we do with all this? I mean, for many, like we're adjusting to new rhythms, working from home, myself included, being around family more. I mean, that's obviously a plus. Uh, Certainly being around to watch growth and development, um, improving as a parent, just simply by being around more. I mean, that's that's a joint of itself. There are silver linings to this coronavirus pandemic that we're experiencing. And I think for many of us, it's easy to turn to our worry and our fears, but we miss the silver linings. We we miss the opportunities to embrace this snapshot of history. Certainly life is inconvenient, but as I was reminded on a prayer walk yesterday, I think for for many of us, we need to get beyond ourselves and our and our homes, we may feel limited and confined and claustrophobic, but we should be asking ourselves, what is God wanting to say to me, to my family, to this city, to our state, and zoom out, to our nation, to the world through this? I mean, because this is, this is a new story of an international scale. It's being felt from one end of the earth to the other. The earth moans for redemption and restoration. <clears throat> and until that day comes, until we adapt to this new virus, we should be asking ourselves, Lord, what specifically you're drawing our attention to? So I just encourage you to think outside the box, the, the box that is your home, and feel free. Uh, I encourage you to get on your knees with your spouse, with your loved one, and just pray. Now, more than ever, I think a lot of people are praying. They're searching for answers. They're, again, living in a sort of pre-paralysis, if you will, and God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of sound mind, of power, of love, and let's just channel those ingredients together. So I want to talk about marketplace vocations for a little bit. Um, I'm hoping this will take 15, 20 minutes. So hope, hopefully you have time to listen to this podcast. I know I, I cater them for the commute to work, and for many people, we're not commuting to work. Hopefully we have time to listen, to pause, to be still, and to reflect. This is going to go back retroactively and cover two blog posts, key to major blog posts. Uh, One was the first one, part one was put up on March 1st, the other I believe March 15th. So uh, spreading these out two weeks, uh, my third and last phase. It could be a four-parter, but right now I'm going to aim to wrap this up, this Marketplace Vocation series up and uh, by next week, by the end of the month, I should say. And the core outcome for this series, an introductory series, uh, is to motivate the body of Christ 
to see themselves as kingdom agents and to function in a sense of personal commission. That is the objective, just stating it up front. And to unpack that all, we do have to dig heavy into the word, specifically Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, and Romans 12. Many of us are aware that the New Testament covers an array of spiritual gifts. And these gifts, they go by a lot of different names. I've heard community gifts, manifestation gifts. Uh, today you may hear ascension and equipping gifts. And I think if you use, if you cite your sources and you use scripture as a reference, um, it could cut through the confusion pretty quickly, or at least I hope. How many spiritual gifts are in the New Testament is a question that I've been looking into because you hear as little as five, seven, all the way up to 21 to 30. I've subscribed to 21, but I do think the answer is probably in the mid 20s somewhere. I'm not one to assign a specific number because much uh, is left for interpretation and I'm still learning. I never want to slap um, an assumed absolute on you guys. So just know that I believe that the amount of spiritual gifts that are mentioned in the New Testament, somewhere in the mid 20s, we're going to talk about some of them as we break down the difference between gift, function, and vocation within our call. So you could say we're looking at the difference between vocation and call, gift and function, but I like to think of it as we're, we're exploring the, the difference, the dichotomy between gift, function, and vocation within our call. So there would be times where I kind of stop, pause, and try and simplify with a bottom line. That's just how I write. It's how I roll. Every now and then I'll just feel that conviction just like, all right, we've got to reset. So hopefully I only have a few of those today. All right, so there are three camps of spiritual gifts in the New Testament I want to talk about. The first category are Jesus' gifts, Ephesians 4. These are your ascension equipping gifts. Uh, many of them refer to the fivefold gifts, the pastor, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and apostle. Spirit gifts, that's the second category, comes from 1 Corinthians 12. These belong to the Spirit and are gifts in a gathering. And the last category, community gifts in Romans 12, this is how you're called to function in a local body. We'll read Romans 12, 4 in a minute. Now, the, going back to Ephesians 4 and the ascension gifts, the fivefold, I don't want to get too far into the weeds here, but I do want to break some walls down up front. A lot of times we hear apostle and we think, I'm not called to be that. We hear pastor, we think, I'm not called to be that. We forget, though, that there's an equipping connotation to each of these roles, if you will. The key is not so much the title, it's the application. We all have wirings that shape our influence. I think the big question is, is are we called to the workplace or the church as far as our arena of influence, if you will? Again, we all have wirings that shape influence. The question is where, and that's where vocation will ultimately come in. But I just want to caution you uh, if you have an accountant friend who's called to the marketplace into financial arenas, it doesn't mean that they can't impart wisdom to a church body. It just means that their influence, their arena of influence is set, is meant to be in the marketplace where God has called them to be. Now, there are true genuine apostles uh, who are doing great work around the world, true prophets who... Uh, have that inside scoop into what God is trying to say, and that is great. But again, the application, 
you can be an accountant, but you could also have a prophetic anointing. You could be a doctor or a nurse, and you can have uh, that apostolic um, or evangelical anointing. Uh, you can be uh, a teacher with a teaching anointing. Um, or I guess you could be, let's say, uh, a politician with a prophetic anointing. I'm just saying that there are a lot of different filters and flavors to this, if you will. Uh, when you break down vocation, occupation, and you look at all the different spiritual gifts, we all have a unique array that's meant to apply with, vocationally within our calling and that's why one of my favorite metaphors to use is the, the sonic drink analogy. There's so many combinations. There are thousands upon thousands of combinations. And that's part of our uniqueness, not only as individuals, but corporately as well. So we'll get into that moving forward. I want to go uh, to the community gifts, Romans 12.4. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Having gifts that differ accordingly to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Love, love this passage. I think it's a cornerstone to talking about marketplace vocations as well as uh, the direction we're headed here in the next few minutes. So understanding our call, vocation, gift, and function. Our core call, everyone, our core call is a royal priesthood. Straight out of, I believe it's First uh, Peter 3, I'll confirm that uh, shortly. Romans 4, 4, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. Sounds very familiar to Romans 12, 4, but 4, 4 is, is not quite the same. You have functions in verse 4, and you have gifts in verse 5. The word for function in the Greek uh, ties to the word praxis, which means practice. Function signifies regular and continual activity. Uh, the word for gifts in Romans 12, 6 through 8, the word charismata or charisma. Uh, some call these father gifts, they are Grace gifts, however you break them down, they are not talents or skills. The main takeaway here is our gifts are intended to function together as a local church. Because ideally, <laughs> God's original design, we are all saved, brought into knowledge uh, of Him, into the holiness of Him, the righteousness of Him. We are justified, we are sanctified, and we have this emerging, this budding relationship with the Lord in the context of local community, of the local church. Ephesians 4, 1 through 3, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Now, not all translations use the word vocation, um, but that is how whatever word you see in that first verse, uh, it does relate to vocation when you you know, do a strong concordant breakdown in the Hebrew and Greek. All right, so the Greek word for vocation or calling is klesis. And klesis is a very versatile word. Love how it breaks down. Uh, so for starters, uh, klesis means a summons or strong inclination to a particular state or course of action. That's the broad heading. Next layer down, 
a divine call to the religious life, an entry into the priesthood or religious order. But wait, there's more. And I think this one's going to hit home for a lot of people. Clasis also refers to the work in which a person is employed, an occupation, persons engaged in a particular vocation, which ties to Martin Luther's quote, every person is capable of having a vocation, part of our wiring as God created. Timothy Williams, author of The Motivational Gifts, he has a line in his book, each ascension gift has a corresponding functional gift. If you go back and look at where these gifts come from in the New Testament, each Ephesians 4 gift has a corresponding Romans 12 gift. So our universal calling is a royal priesthood. Gift and function, that comes from Romans 12, 4 through 8. And then vocation, what is our vocation? That's Romans 12, 4 through 8, through the lens of Ephesians 4. Hope you guys are not too confused. Um, I'm actually going to jump ahead and bring this up because I think it's important to better understand when I say vocation, Romans 12, through the lens of Ephesians 4, what I'm exactly talking about. So making these connections, again, not saying that if you have an ascension gift, you're instantly called to the church or marketplace. Again, you have to look at ascension gifts as there's a church and ministry component and a marketplace component. Not all people are called to equip with an ascension gift in the church. But there are plenty of of people out there who have ascension gifts that are meant for marketplace use that could still have influence in a church, but it's just a different type of influence. Maybe wisdom, guidance, it's where 1 Corinthians 12 comes into play, how those ascension gifts apply. But I don't want to confuse you too much. I just want to make sure, again, that if you are, say, a doctor or a nurse, that you don't consider yourself as inferior or secondary because you are not... Uh, prophetic in nature. You may have a prophetic anointing or a prophetic, a prophetic function in the medical field. doesn't mean you're meant to be a prophet um, in the traditional sense who's going place to place, who's traveling the world and giving the body a glimpse, a snapshot into what God is trying to say, how he's trying to capture our attention. You could say the same thing about an apostle or an evangelist. Uh, someone who's a teacher, you know, as a calling, as a vocation, chances are they have that teaching Gifts. So there are some professions that line up like that. As far as the pastoral anointing or function goes, I know a lot of people in industrial and retail, education, political fields, and so on, who have that pastoral wiring, but it's not meant to apply vocationally, that clasis, within a church setting, a liturgical setting, i.e. they're not meant to be a pastor of a local congregation. They're not meant to be a pastor at a church. Now, I have a friend who's an executive pastor. He has a pastoral anointing. It's meant to apply in the church. That's how God has wired him and created him to be. Even though we say all these things and there are seasons, there's a seasonal component that I don't want to visit just yet. But for many of us, we have our ascension gifts and they have an anointing attached that apply to the marketplace, a specific vocation. So that's why I'm trying to Really voice this in a way where you see the layers, you see the grids, you see the filters. I know it could sound confusing, but if we boil down all the spiritual gifts into three different camps, and then we look at, again, our, our calling, we're a royal priesthood, gifts and functions, they differ. Romans 12 has the breakdown. I have a graphic, again, on the blog post. 
you could check it out at your convenience. Again, the main purpose of this pod is to awaken our sense of personal commission to see ourselves as kingdom agents with a unique skill set, but more importantly, a spiritual gift set with functions embedded in a divinely appointed vocation where our calling collectively, corporately is the same, i.e. a royal priesthood. Now, this is, this is going to set us up for part two of this pod where we'll talk more about what it means to be commissioned as kingdom agents. We'll talk more about vocation, gift, and functions in the marketplace, how we are all designers, developers, managers, or some hybrid. So we're going to lay a Trinitarian perspective to that grid. We'll talk about what it means to have a sense of radical equality in the marketplace, maybe allude to some Jethro principles. It's going to be an awesome pod, and I'm really excited about it. Uh, maybe next time I'll talk more about where I'm at personally, the reason why I'm not cutting so many pods. It's been a very challenging season, a very humbling season. And I say this with the utmost respect and honor for the places that God has called me to in the season, the season itself. I'm in a place where I'm learning so much, and it's not just knowledge, intellectual items, content, but learning how to navigate certain streams, certain hurdles that I haven't encountered before. And there's just so much that's new, and it's hitting at a unique time where, you know, I'm coming off a really a turbulent fall, and I had a counselor diagnose me with PTSD a few weeks ago. That was a week after my last pod went up. So there's a lot going on right now in my life, and I want to find the right words and language to communicate that uh, in a way where I'm respecting all parties and being very protective, um, very nurturing. Um, so just know that that's on the horizon, and I will post that when it's ready. Once I'm ready to say it, deliver it, edit it, the whole works. Until then, thank you guys for listening. I really appreciate your viewership, your listening-ship, if you will, uh, for just being a key part to this community, this very special community that is still going on. As far as we could tell, this is going to keep going uh, in the months and years ahead, and we're very excited about that newness, uh, that sense of newness that accompanies each season that we do this. So you guys are awesome. Love you, praying for you, rooting you on as always. As I always say, we'll catch you on the fry. Peace.